1: Hello, uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Podcast. Last time we had this extra, extra long episode, of course, with all the extra content from uh, Cagliari. But this time uh, it's just a regular thing for events to talk about, for events to preview, of course, as always, I'm joined by my friend Jakub. And um, I guess I would I would uh, like give you the option to choose where we're starting. But usually we just go down by the highest category, right? So I guess there's not really a choice there.
0: Yeah, so let's go to Busan, where we had our 125 of the week, and it was Alexander Vukic lifting that title over Max Purcell in the final 6-4, one love, until Purcell had to retire with a foot injury. Second challenger title for Vukic, who reached the Seoul final just two weeks ago. He's had a very good run in Korea. Uh, He started by beating Lloyd Harris, 7-6-6-3. Lloyd Harris has been incredibly unlucky this entire career run, uh, not getting a break with the draws a single time. But uh, yeah, Boo, uh, paid off for, for Bukich here. Came to that first round beat. Then Shima Bukuro came back from a set down against Eubanks, doing 6 7 7 6 6 4. Eliminated Brandon Holt in the semis to then set up that final against Max Purcell. Up 26 spots, number 101. And he was tied on points with Galan, where I when I checked it. Is he still? Yeah, tied at six eleven. I don't know what the tiebreaker is for them. Is it like like points at slams or something?
1: Um, yeah, it's points at slams, ATP finals, ATP thousand events uh, counted together. Uh, I think Galan is higher, but you know it still doesn't matter because there's one more week before we get the official yeah. ATP rankings. So oh, that's um, true. Yeah, yeah. anything can happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vukic is even in the I mean, he's taking a mad dash to Portugal, maybe to maybe to break that top hundred. <laughs> but it would be it would be pretty stupid, I think. I mean, he he defends nothing, so yeah. yeah um, I, okay. I, like he, <clears> he he doesn't
0: <throat> have to rush to 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 get it done this week for sure. That's I, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, and um, when it comes to his run, uh, I think it was on the episode that I did by myself um, when I was uh, going to Cagliari, but I said that uh, that loss to Unchauquete. Uh, in, in Seoul, not in Gwangju, because he actually lost just to Yun-Chao Keta, twice, the South Korean swing. But that, that loss in the final to Yun Keta is, is the one that we're going to remember if Vukic doesn't break the top 100 this year. Uh, right now, uh, it just looks so certain that. You know, uh, we're not going to have to think yeah. of that any anytime soon. Uh, that one against Eubanks, that win here, is the one that we're going to remember when when he does it, actually. Because he yeah. saved three match points, 5-6 in the in the second set. Kind of on Eubanks, you know, missing two second serve returns. For the first serve return, you can't blame him, of course, but for, for the second serve returns... Then again, at like, I think he set up one of these match points with a backhand return winner. So it wasn't like the whole game he was returning terribly. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, Vukic, uh, has, um, uh, is basically a given for the top 100 at this point. I think it all started, of course, with, uh, him putting in some good work at the end of 2022, uh, two challenger finals, a semi, um, a quarter final in, uh, Sofia as well, the ATP 250. And, uh, you know, the guy did not win a match last year between the beginning of March i oh, sorry. He won one in, in, at the French Open qualies, but then until the end of August, he was actually injured for three months as well. So yeah, Vukic is just an absolute given to break the top 100 over the next couple of, um, months, weeks, because he only defends the second round at Ron Garros qualies. So uh, I know he's not, not at his best on clay, but there's going to be grass as well. There's going to be some early hardcore events in July. It's just impossible for him not to do it at this point. It seems so. Um, we're, we can't really talk about it yet. Maybe we'll talk about it after Oirash, which I really don't understand why he's playing. But um, yeah, it just looks like he's already locked this up.
0: Yeah, um, the the trip to, come to seems maybe a, a, a bit rushed, or or maybe that was always the plan to I mean,
1: maybe need some bring, like, time to, the point where yeah, he my...
0: to get started on the clay.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, want some some clay practice before Angaro's yeah. qualies. Like that's really the only possibility because otherwise it just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, Eubanks also had like after, after that Miami quarterfinals run,
0: I don't really know what people at large sort of expected, but for him to come to this Korean swing and go two quarterfinals, a semi, losses to Vukic twice, loses to Thompson. Is it like? Do you feel disappointed at all by Eubanks and the fact that he didn't make a final or didn't make semis more often?
1: Not really. I mean, these were some pretty decent quality yeah. events. Like maybe the depth of the field wasn't really there, but the but the seeds were great. Uh, I mean, all of these had three top one hundred players. All of them had Vukic. Well, uh, but Gwangju, but Busan and Seoul had Vukic going deep, who you know in a second is going to be a top one hundred player. And um, obviously has the quality to, to match these guys. So yeah, I, I think making the quarterfinals every single time, especially as it also included some tough matches along the way, right? I mean, this week he almost lost to Paul Munson in the opening round in... Uh, was it uh, Sol, I think, where he was 3-5 down to Shimizu in the third? Also playing Lloyd Harris in Gwangyu. In Gwangyu in general, you know, look at the draw that he had. Harris, Holt and Juncha Oketa to make the semis. So yeah, I'm I, I, personally, I am not disappointed at all. And uh, maybe even, you know, together with Miami, it, it makes so for some, you know, another solid point game for him
0: yeah i i agree I'm not, I'm not disappointed at all maybe some people would expect him to come here and and, and sweep uh but no like this this, this this these were high quality events uh and you know i mean semi two quarters one loss to thompson two losses to bookage was about to break the top 100 like that's not bad at all in my mind that's winning not some tough matches losing some tough matches like here to bookage i think this was overall like a solid solid showing from the banks as for Max Purcell, now with the foot injury, we hope he recovers soon. This was his tenth Challenger final, back-to-back finals after Guangzhou. His sixth Challenger final in 2023 already. On this run, he beat Yuki Mochizuki 6-3, 6-3 to Koutsu 6-2, 6-4 Uchiyama in the quarters. Diallo in the semis, both 6-4, 7-5, did not drop a single set. Coming into the final, where he unfortunately got injured. But still just 22 spots number sixty-five in the rankings, his new career high ranking. What did you make of Max Purcell before the injury this week?
1: Yeah, I mean that's what we were expecting, right? More or less. After Sol, we were disappointed. I think we both picked Pur- Purcell to win there, and he like got completely dominated by Hong. Uh, maybe you would have liked the Thompson loss in the final at Gwangju to be more competitive. Of course, Busan, we didn't really get to see how this would have worked out. He was down early, like uh, low four, right? But then he um, picked up his game a little bit and was even back on serve before that fall came. So we don't know what the, what would have happened in the final. But I think Vukic earned 207 points this South Korean swing and Purcell earned like 140. So, you know, 140 in three weeks is still Excellent, and he probably got um, out of the swing what he what he wanted. And actually, he's thirty eight and nine this year, which is really sick. And that top forty goal that we were thinking of uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, it's still real. Um, I think uh, you know the fact that he didn't play these altitude hard events in Mexico kind of brings it down. But of course, with this many matches, this many titles, finals you kind of need to get a break as well. So um, I think in the long run, maybe it's good for him. And on the grass, he can even be a good ATP tour contender. Um, you know, it's going to be so interesting to see him in all these Eastburn. Um, Eastburn Stutt- Stuttgart is not even there, right? But like Hertogenbosch or whatever he plays on grass, uh, you know, some of some of these smaller events, I, I, I do wonder how he's going to do there because the, the opportunity is there certainly with a game like this.
0: Absolutely. Uh, really, really hope that he's back fully fit by grass. Ideally, I mean, missing the French Open is still like a pretty big financial hit for him as a as a newcomer to the ATP tour, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, the the grass is definitely key. Oh, maybe the he won't miss it, the right? I mean, who knows? Back.
1: Yeah, he could yeah, play he the French Open. Like it, it is it is possible that he can play the French. Like ankle injuries, I guess, are yeah, I mean, really, a, really a, random. A, a lot of people have shown up to Slimes hobbled and just got that. Yeah, but like not it. even hobbled, right? Like ankle ankle twists. Uh, you know, sometimes you have Zverev who was out for six months and like still hasn't been back to his best. But sometimes you twist your ankle and then 10 days later you can already play. So I guess, you know, only, only Purcell's doctor knows.
0: <laughs> yes. Let's talk about our semifinalists in Busan, starting with Diallo, he beat Jisung Nam, 6-3, 6-3. Chung, 7-6, 7-6. Took out my pick for the win, Jordan Thompson, 6-3, 7-5. As well his first challenger semifinal this season after three quarterfinals. What did you make of young Gabriel Diallo here?
1: Yeah, he's one of the guys who I guess um, could have done more this, go, this South Korean swing. So this Busan run is, is definitely helpful. Um, then again, you know he played Eubanks and Hijikata like in the first two rounds in Guangzhou and Seoul, right? So yeah. um, it wasn't like the draws were easy for him either. Um, Here, he, maybe he got some luck in the first round, but then you know still beating beating Thompson. Uh, I actually thought after he he did that that maybe Purcell was also going to be in his range. It was decently close. Um I I remember talking um like, pro- we probably talked about this here that um you know Diablo is not defending anything in the first half of the year so uh, he could even have like top 100 potential this year um is it still doable maybe the damage has already like sort of been done because of course it's not going to be that easy to defend the uh the challenger title that he had in Grand B at the end of the year then the final that he had you know just so many good results uh, near the end of the season but um, you know, for now, I think even in June, he barely defends any points. So there's still a lot of potential there. And of course, we're still talking of a guy who hasn't even been on the tour for 12 months. So, um, yeah, uh, just that Busan, that Busan run saved his clay court, <laughs> saved his South Korean swing for sure, even though it was not exactly his fault that he didn't go deep in Gwangyu and, um, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Tough draws to start with, but when he got his opportunity, he showed up. Obviously, got a couple of wins after his belt. Pulled off the win over Thompson, which I think was great. And yeah, kept, kept it close with with Purcell there. Uh, he's up to 143 now in the live ranking, so he does break the top 150 most likely next week. Uh, still, though, almost 200 points away from the top 100. So it's going to be, it's going to take like a, like a, String of of some quite yeah. decent results from him, but it, it can definitely come. It can it's possible, and like,
1: in, in you know, I just checked what he was doing last year, and he won an ITF in June, but then basically didn't play until Granby. Uh, like, so you know, it, it's it he just has one ITF title to defend until August, so it's still a possibility. It's still not um, not something that can't happen, but he probably needs to do it before these points from late in 2022 start falling down. But anyway, of course, even if he can't break it this year, you know, he's a guy who potentially in the next couple of years can certainly have a chance. So.
0: For sure. Let's go to Brendan Holt, who actually had the same record as uh, Gabriel Diallo on the South Korean Swing coming in. He was one and two. Losses to Donskoe and Newbanks with a win over Ilkel. This week, though, he starts with a 6-2-6 to win over Emilio Gomez, which definitely surprised me. Uh, then he took out Luke Saville in straight sets, 6-3-6-3, uh, 6-3, then lead to 6-4-6-4, so some nice symmetry. Into his first challenger semifinal of his career at 24 years old, he lost that one to Vukic. What did you make of Holtz this week?
1: Yeah, it kind of breaks down the start of, you know... Um... Holt doing so well in Grand Slam qualifying and then the main draws, but not having any challenger run. This is, as you said, his first semi, which is pretty crazy. I'm assuming that, you know, most people who watched him at the Australian Open or the US Open would have thought that he's making challenger semifinals every week or something. <laughs> But that's not the case. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the start of him doing this on a regular basis. Who knows? Um, you know, as you, as you mentioned that, that week to the, um, the loss to Yubanks in Gwangyu, he was just destroyed. And, uh, I guess the draw wasn't that, uh, tough here, you know, beating Gomez 6 to 6 2 I did not watch the match. So, uh, but that doesn't seem like a, like a normal result, I would say. Like something, something was probably wrong with, with the Ecuadorian, or you know, maybe he just had a very, um, yeah, just very poor, day, uh, very poor day at the office. Definitely a moment to regret for Holt was that set point he had against Vukic in the uh, in the first set of the semi final. Um, uh, after that, it just kind of all went wrong for him from there, but yeah, first semi, so definitely some progress made.
0: All right, also, did you mention? Yes, Otoko Uchiyama, who made the quarterfinals here as a qualifier. He made the semis as a qualifier in Seoul two weeks ago. This time around, he beat Kim and Son to get into the main draw. Once in the main draw, he took out Hyun Chang, 6-3, 6-7, 6-2. Then Rinky Hijikata 6-4 in the third. And lost uh, in straight sets to Purcell there. What did you make of his run?
1: No, I mean, he was pretty insane these couple of weeks. Uh, Not sure why he didn't play Gwangi, but uh, Busan and Seoul went, you know, just as good as as it as they could, I think, for Uchiyama, and um, certainly uh, also quite an improvement, you know, given how most of the year he has not done much at all, you know, maybe that one quarterfinal in India, but um otherwise it's it's been a bit of a struggle and um yeah that, that that really helps and of course the guys one of these asians we talk about <laughs> who just uh just in terms of their ball striking are absolutely excellent and and some something seems to be uh up with uh all these guys from that part of the world just having insane timing and uchiyama of course is one of them all
0: right anybody else you want to talk about in the singles of Busan? <laughs>
1: No, know I guess I guess we should you you just mentioned him but you know we had Hyun Chung win a set mm-hmm. um definitely excited Good to see to, see to see what's going to he what's what's he going to do from here and he um he mentioned uh like in some interviews that he's definitely traveling overseas that he's you know hopeful and that he feels healthy so um yeah let's see what let's see what he does from this I I Checked and if he filed for a protected ranking right after he went away, uh, after Ron Garros Qualis 2020, then it would be like about 160 ish. So basically, it would get him into any challenger he wants. So, um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's something exciting to look forward uh, to when it comes to Ian chung no, playing overseas that's a,
0: that's a or into team, some qualities yeah.
1: if he wants. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Decent ranking, yeah, over in the doubles, we had Evan King and. Reese Stolder win one of their easiest titles ever I think they beat Yansi Chung and Mark Pullman's 10-8 in the first uh, match that they played tough match but after that a walkover from Hijikata and 2 then they beat Lee and Shin uh, Korean wildcard 63, 6'3, and then they got a walkover from Purcell and Statham in the final so one match tough match beat some wildcards two walkovers there you go 120 points 125 points for King and Stolder <laughs> Let's go over to Mauthausen where you got your point this week. It has become like a tradition that you kick my ass in the prediction. Yeah, I get I get it's a point, point every
1: that. week for like three or four weeks straight now, so yeah, definitely on fire there.
0: Right, which is so frustrating because I, I wanted to pick Vjedovic. <laughs> <laughs> Once you had picked him, I felt like okay, like he, he's going to see the guy. I, I have Dominic team open to to get a point like back from you. If he wins that event, uh, but yeah, you you made the right call with the young Serb lifting the title in Mauthausen over Filip Misalic, 6-2, 6-7, 6-4. third challenger title, second one this season already. He was an absolute tank throughout the draw, did not drop a set coming into the final, beating Gerch six one six three, Richard, six three six one, 3 6 returning Denis Novak, seven five six three, and Dominic Thiem, seven six six two up 49 spots to number 165 currently, which would be his new career high ranking. What did you make of Medjetovic this week?
1: I mean, we've said it a billion times before the, the potential is insane. Uh, there are some very, uh, there are some glaring weaknesses But, uh, in these like Mauthausen light altitude conditions, of course, it's just like 270 meters or something, but you can see it clearly. Like it's visibly, um, faster play. Yeah. It's visibly faster for sure. So, um, you know, some of these weaknesses that he has, like the lazy feet and, um, you know, the, the, maybe the rally tolerance, the shot selection, they don't really matter in, in these conditions that much. Uh, There's also like his serve was enormous in some of these matches, especially the final, I think 18 aces and um, yeah, just just very good conditions for him. But of course, if it was like a C-level event, he'd also be dangerous. Then again, since Sekesh Verhevar, since winning his second challenger title, he I think he only grabbed two wins in his next four events. So this really helps. Uh, probably should like keep him up inside like grand slam qualifying range after the summer which you know of course last year that was his breakthrough part of the year uh, but um you know he's got the potential to earn more than these Ludenscheid points that he's going to drop in june and like all the itfs that he won uh, there's still a few good months of playing on clay and um there still could be a, a breakthrough season for Hamad majedovic and uh, in in a way Absolutely. it already is better than his 2022 campaign so yeah fantastic run um glad to get a point and glad to get a point on a promising youngster because that's that's always the the best kind of point i think
0: yeah i mean like look when you think of some of the 250s that we have like like kids Beal and stad where we have seen Sort of more random runs from, from Challenger guys, like I know Fokshiva had the run in there.
1: Misolic uh, made the final Han, last year. runs
0: in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, why not Majedovic totally Same. see Majedovic having a, a run at one of those?
1: That's precisely what uh, one of the friends of the show, John, um, texted me yesterday. <laughs> he said that, uh, you know, when he thinks of Kids Bihelkstad, Majed, Majedovic, he could even see him winning the title there. And uh, yeah, I can't really Very disagree. Nice with you like John. Yeah yeah it's
0: i i could definitely see that happening uh right as for misal it was third challenger final second one in three weeks after he won rosetta degli Abruzzi two um this week he started with the comeback from a set down against mpg pericard to win six two in the third then took out mariusz kopil in straight sets in the quarters he beat fakundo Bagnis three six six four six one in the semi sebastian 6 seven six six four he is however down 12 spots number 141 as he was defending the Zagreb title and he did not manage to get all of those points back but still took out a very sizable chunk keeps him sort of in 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 contention to try and break the top 100 later this year maybe what did you make of misolic this week in now thousand
1: yeah he would have to do it before the kids points are are down probably and provided that he doesn't defend them uh but um uh, maybe there's going to be a Mijatovic Misolic final there again uh but uh we also have to remember that uh, Misolic after he um played Tunis last year so you know this week the, no, the week that's coming uh he also was out for like a month and a half so uh it is yeah. possible for him to to gain more points. It is possible for him to play more clay events and um as I, I think was um mentioning a couple of weeks ago when he won Rosetto Dariabruzzi, um the hardcore season sort of made us forget about how good he can be I think uh but of course since he's since he is back on clay, he's been just excellent and uh, a very good run too. I mean, this event was stacked. Um, Pechy Pericard in these conditions, Bagnis, are also really good players uh, in them. And, um, yeah, he just had this one loss between Roseto degli Abruzzi and Mauthausen in Madrid, but that was, you know, he had to play a day after winning in Roseto degli Abruzzi in Madrid qualies. So, um, still in excellent form and and this week just proves that was definitely not the better player in the final though somehow snuck the uh, you know somehow managed to snatch the second set and almost came back from 5-2 down actually in the in the third but over like the, the course of the whole match uh definitely was the you know constantly on the back foot
0: yeah let's talk about our semi-finalists starting with dominique Thiem who did not drop more than six games uh, in his three wins, beating Uivari, then Federico Delbonis and Dino Prismic. Uh, lost in straight sets, though, to Hamad Bajetovic. What, ma- what did you make of this week for Dominic Thiem?
1: Yeah, I thought he was, for the most part, pretty good. Although um, the, the forehand improvements that most people tend to see in him or like saw in him the past few weeks, I couldn't really see that this week, I think still of course there you know, there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of things that Dominic team can execute well b- besides that and um i think he was he was just constantly showing that well he he still has um some enormous abilities especially the the backhand the backhands down the line that he was sending were just insane he kind of needs to play a bit of a different tennis um well different brand of tennis right now when he can't really, you know, just rely on that forehand power hitting through all these guys. Um, and um, that's that's kind of it, you know, for now. As as long as that remains, he's gonna be a bit vulnerable. And uh, yeah, Majedovic over team was not as big an upset as um, as you'd think, definitely not seemed like a 50-50 match to me frankly it was one of the occasions when we yeah, I mean, get a match between our peaks but it did not feel like Majedovic is a, is a big underdog there if he was an underdog at all and you know nothing worrying about team for, for from that loss i think he just played an insanely talented guy in conditions that probably suit him more than the austrian actually even though it was in austria
0: yeah i mean funnily enough the the bookies priced him as a pretty big outsider in this match. Uh, Majedovic he was priced, I mean, as more of an outsider than Prismic and about the same as Delbonis against Dominic Team, which is yeah more uh, than Prismic, more choice. than
1: Prismic is insane, yeah. And same as Delbonis yeah. is insane too, yeah. Absolutely right.
0: Yeah, so three three thirty five is the one that I have here on this on this side. But yeah, um, Majedovic, I, I I always felt the danger going into the matchup. The fact that yeah. the straight sets is somewhat concerning uh but overall you know team showed us that he can win win matches on the challenger tour solidly yeah. for the most part unless you after recent into, weeks uh, i uh,
1: guess we kind of knew it already rocket. right like after recent weeks yeah, on mean, the atp tour i guess yeah we kind of knew since,
0: it. since since the switch to clay uh like with with from from estero onwards he's been sort of winning matches and yeah losing once he faces like a better player
1: yeah, but also pretty tough opposition, right? I mean, I'm not saying maybe Alessi Neštoril that that yeah. was just a totally total horror show, but then he uh, goes and goes and loses to Rune Fritz and Tsitsipas in his next three events. So.
0: Yeah. And he takes Tsitsipas to a third tiebreaker. Top ten players so, essentially,
1: so. three three consecutive top ten players. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk about Sebastian Ofner, who did not reach another final this week. Uh, although he, he wasn't far from it, uh, started by beating Louis Wessel, 7-5 in the third. That was an interesting battle to get involved in for him. Uh, but yeah, then he beat Wenger, six two seven six, 7 Gaston, 7-6 in the third. Lost a tight two-setter to Misolic's sixth challenger semifinal in 2023. What did you make of Offnet this week?
1: Yeah, it was funny because I was already thinking about Offnet reaching that f- fifth final and then potentially losing to Medzjetovic. <laughs> Because I think the the Serbian was probably going to be the favorite there as well, uh, but yeah. we didn't get this stats. Still, I mean the the points he's gained this year is just enormous, and it could have been so much more. Because of course in tennis the final, you know the the finalist only gets sixty percent of the uh, points of the runner of the of the champion. So um, it, it is it does make a lot of a difference. You know if if he uh, if he wins two of these, he's probably in the top one hundred already. Uh, as it stands right now, he still has a very good chance. And of course, at, at the age of 27, probably breaking his career high ranking, although it could change. You know, actually, may, maybe he will be around his old career high after the uh, the old Rome and uh, the second week of um, Rome points come in. But still, that that's, of course, absurd for him. And um, yeah if it, he just keeps making a final every single weekend, doesn't really seem to be impacted by, you know, trying to go back to back or anything. Um, fantastic year for him so far. And this week is just another, another one that we can sort of um, put into the same category.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the consistency for him this, yeah. this season across surfaces as well. It's, it's, it's very, it's very impressive to me. The fact that he's not been able to get it done in the final is, is a Unfortunate for him because otherwise I think we'd be talking about like like per cell level season almost here, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a shame for him to not get that title so far. But I I believe that he will get one before the season is done. Hopefully, uh, anybody else you want to talk about from singles in Mount Hasan?
1: Oh, I think we can probably. I mean, Dina Prismic was pretty good, but then when he played team, you know, you can you can see when he plays all these guys when the consistency isn't enough. Uh, he can kind of tend to struggle. So, you know, it, it's still very raw, but of course, the, 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 the results that he's getting at 17 are incredible. But then again, you can see that there's still a lot of polishing up to do, which maybe for another 17 year old youngster might not be true. So, uh, let's move there, maybe, or, or, you know, the doubles first as well. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. So in the doubles, we had Arnautov and Weissborn uh, lift the title their second Challenger title this season after Otigny La Latněv also reached the Monte Carlo final. So they are on the brink of top fifty, both of them. Uh, Arnautov closer than than Weissborn by a couple of spots, and they beat Fanten and who for whom it was the third Challenger final this season, six four six two in the final.
1: Yeah, and look at Let's doubles ruining then. my segue into into men's.
0: Yeah, I, I actually Prague Villa next, but let's let's go uh, let's okay. to Prague 3, Sparta Prague, where Jakub Benshi gets 17 years old, wins his first challenger title. I think we will remember this one going forward, beating Dominik Kepfer 6 4 6 3. On his run, he once again is put up against the top seed, takes him out. Radwa uh, but this time 7 6 4 6 6 3, deals with Sachko 6 4 6 4. Uh, saved two match points uh, against Akira Santilan, who came out with a random run out of nowhere uh, here. But yeah, he was down 3 5 and decided to save the match point on, on serve. Save, saved another match point on Santilan's serve, I think the next game. Yeah. Very impressive. And then bounces back to beat Moro Kanyas 6275 in the semis before taking out Kepfer. Up 85 spots uh, in the live rankings uh, to number 248. So straight through the top 300 into the top 250 he will be the new top ranked under 18 player taking over that title from Dino Prismic what did you make of Jakub Menschik this week
1: yeah I mean soon enough he can play ground some qualities he can also like use use that promotion mechanic that no one has ever really used I think yet That, uh, you know, for all these juniors that get get accelerator spots, if they get into qualifying of a challenger on their own ranking, they can be promoted into the main draw, but it like has to be, um, not necessarily automatic, uh, like the, the, the the fact that you are accepted into the qualifying, but you know, this spot goes away like um, a little ahead of time. So I don't think anyone has, has used it yet. Menchik definitely could in, in the, you know, in the near future. Um, yeah, anytime when I was watching that Santian quarterfinal, I was thinking back to that mochizuki second round in Ostrava because it was so similar with Menshik falling off um, in the second set. then, sorry, sorry, not not falling off in the second set, but um falling down a break or like uh, into a deficit in the in the third set. And then coming back, and then of course there, there's a tiebreaker, and this time he actually won that tiebreaker. If he beats Mochizuki in Strava, maybe that run also would have been much bigger. But uh, you know, it's it's obvious that at 17 years of age, not all his performances are going to be at the same steady level. Uh, he even lost to Laxon and in the Prague the one qualifying. Uh, but yeah, here he also eliminated the top seed, Radu Albot, just like in Ostrava. But there it was, of course, Ryan Peniston. And over the course of the week, probably his best performance in the final, which was so, so impressive. He was not really the, the favorite to, to, to beat Kepfer, of course. And yet he just comes out and from 2-4 down in the first, he just completely dominates it. Of course, got that, uh, got that big serve, got that insane power of the ground as well. And, uh, yeah, th- this guy actually looks like he is going to, uh, do very well at the challenger level and like has not, not, doesn't have that much to improve probably other than, um, yeah, just, just being able to produce his best tennis on, or like close to his best tennis on every single, uh, in every single match, uh, on a week to week basis, on a daily basis. So far he hasn't really maybe done that, but yeah, he fought through that one match that was not going exactly that well for him. And was rewarded, re- rewarded for it, um, in, in full. A bit of a choke from Santian because most of the match he was just, um, you know, when he was playing with his slice, he was using that to set up his forehand. And then on the match point on serve, he just slices down a bit, down the middle until Menshik finally, uh, goes to the net and, and finishes it off with a volley. But, um, definitely, a a, a good experience for the youngster as well to progress in a match like this. And, yeah, then absolutely play his best in the semis and the final, which uh also from a mental standpoint is uh quite impressive too.
0: Yeah, fun fun fact on Sandaline that I just I was just looking through his mm-hmm. results. He beat Hubert Turkać in the Tenaba Challenger in 2016.
1: Okay. I, thought, I, I did not that remember fun. that at uh, all. No.
0: Dominic Kepfer it was it was finalist his eighth challenger final three and five in those finals his third challenger final already this season I was not expecting him to to come through there uh he started with um a retirement after two games from Gastel Elias then a retirement after one set from Evan Fernandez. he was coming into a match against Klein who I thought was going to win that match for sure but uh came came out on top six one in the third uh then takes out Kiket in the semis six four six three Big week for for Kepfer, currently up fifteen spots, number one hundred thirty-four in the live rankings. What did you make of this week for the German?
1: Yeah, um, the match with Klein, I was not sure that the Slovak would win. Frankly, like it just seemed like the winner of this match will win the title. Though um, every other player in left in the draw was like unseeded and essentially a lot more random than these two, I would say. Uh, even though, you know, some of them, like Santillon was playing so well. Manchik was, uh, of course, Manchik. And um, yeah, uh, winning that certainly felt like it should give him the title. It looked like that in the semis. In the final, not really. But yeah, Manchik just had an insane performance. Of course, Kepfer, uh, since starting the year uh, with three losses, has also been quite insane. Uh, but um, yeah, weird run. Definitely the key match with uh, with Klein. And getting through there and he even could have gotten through it a lot easy, a lot easy, uh, you know a lot more comfortably right uh he he was up in the second set as well. Klein made a short lived comeback uh, but yeah just another good run for Kepfer this year, which uh sort of becomes like a, like the norm.
0: All right, let's go on to our semi-finalists in Prague starting with Moro Kanyas, who beat Billy Harris six two three six six love. Took Zachary Swaida, six four two six six four, then dealt with Shintaro Mochizuki in straight sets to reach his first career challenger final at twenty two years old. What did you make of this week for Morokayas?
1: Yeah, maybe a couple of disappointing showings from him recently. After you know, at various points in late two thousand twenty two and at the beginning of two thousand twenty three, just looking like a player who definitely belongs at this level. No, um, he he tends to throw in the occasional poor performance, but um, glad to see him in a challenger semi, and um, certainly some sort of a step forward as well. That that match with that was quite wild too, and of course the the win over Mochizuki, who's uh, pe- who's been picking up some good rounds recently, of course with the Barletta f- uh, title especially uh was good um Morocania's already has already uh, oh, sorry already Morocania's has already lost in Oredash qualifying as well so you know kind of continuing his pattern of um yeah just throwing in an occasion, occasional poor match there in his loss to Sebastian Fanslow.
0: Yeah I was I was going to say we, we already saw him put in a, a bad performance again yeah. this week so uh, yeah, let's talk about our other semifinalist, Nikolas Kiker, who beat Amir Jumhur and Nerman Fatic, got the Bosnian double there, both in straight sets. Got a walkover from Anrii Lakson, who took out Dominik Srikker uh, in, in the opener, to reach his first challenger semifinal of the season since uh, Temuku at the end of last year. What did you make of Kiker on this run?
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised that he beat Jumhur. Uh I thought Jumhur might be low-key like one of the... Um... Dark horses for for maybe even the title, but of course that didn't ripen out. It did not feel like though that uh, you know Kicker has a chance to trouble Kepfer, and indeed he he didn't. um So um yeah, still 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 a nice thing for him, of course, after not starting off his season in the best of ways, and. Um, yeah, he's going to try to build up on this. But uh, yeah, it did not feel like he has much of a chance against Keffer and um, the, the court uh, proved it.
0: Yeah, let's talk about also Akira Santilan. I wanted to mention, of course, reaching the quarters as a qualifier. His first challenger quarterfinals since 2021. Uh, Pochovström, I think, was the one in South Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah, on this run, he beat Mark Gengel, 6-2, 6-love. to at Timo Stoder as well to qualify. Then in the main draw, takes out Chunsin Seng, 6-3, 6-love. I don't know what happened in there, but that's an insane result for Tseng to take. And hopefully a wake-up call for him going forward. Then comes back from a sit-down to deal with Nick Hart, 6-3 in the third. And of course, had match points over champion Jakub Menschik in the quarterfinals. What did you make of this showing from Santalan?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I didn't even know that it's been two years since he made a quarterfinal. I checked that it was like four years since he made the, made a semi. So uh, yeah, yeah, just br- brutal for him to miss out on it this way. But that was the Santian that uh, makes people like still say that he is so much more talented than his results, than even his career high. And that was precisely what they mean. So, um yeah, I, I would love there to be more. You mentioned Podchester at the beginning of 2021. Uh, he had a very strong start to the campaign back then, uh, playing Musetti in a great thriller in Antalya. Uh, this is the sort of Akira Sandian that we like watching. And uh, it's a shame that it's so infrequent, at least, at least in the past two or three years.
0: Yeah. And over the doubles, we had Dan Aded and Alban Olivetti strike once again, winning their 15th, 17th professional title together. Their third challenger title already this season after Paul and Stan Uh They beat Libietis and Hunter Rees 6-4, 6 in the final. But can you guess who was the only team or I mean, who who, who was a player? The took off the only set off of Adet and Olivetti on their
1: own. The oh, oh, Jesus. Um, do I remember this? Probably don't remember this because, um, yeah, I remember Barton and Menshi going deep, but I don't think they played them. Um, I don't know. I can't remember.
0: It was Igor Zelenay, of course, uh, said uh-huh. Manafov in the first round. Uh, yeah, 6-3, 5-7, 10-2. From there it was straight sets only, not even past a 6-4 set for Adet Olivetti. Uh, but yeah, Baton and Mishik had a nice run to the semis. They beat uh, the top seeds, like 6-4, 6-love. It was Golubev and Yebavi. So these two really experienced doubles players getting taken out by juniors and, like, really taken out. <laughs> uh, right, let's go to Frankavila Almare, where we had Alejandro Tabilo beat Benoit Pair 6-1, 7-5 in the final, Tabilo winning a second challenger title. Uh, on this run, he did not drop a single set, beating Ferreira Silva. Kimer Copeyan six two six two, Yonel six one seven six. And then of course the final overpair. Up forty spots number one hundred and fifty in the live rankings. Huge week for for Tabilo. What did you make of it? What, what, What did you make of his play this week?
1: Yeah. I mean, Tabilo fell off. So fell off in the rankings so much in February, right? So, um, he kind of needs to cover for this. He already did with Indian Wells in a way, right? And then, uh, Florianopolis final Franca Vila Almare now title. Uh, so definitely starting to put in some good work and mm-hmm. it will eventually, you know, even though I, I don't think he has even upped his ranking that much so far, uh, it will eventually, um, you know, give him, uh, the ability to, to start playing some bigger events uh, potentially if he can keep it up over the course of the year Um, in the florianopolis final against barrios vera he was very disappointing so um, a step forward is to actually have a good showing in the final here and that's precisely what he did against Perry, and of course not dropping a single set even when he played two matches in a day against Fonio and copyance he just you know just completely crushed kimer in the quarters so um, yeah, just, just a standout weekend. He was by far the best player in Francavilla Almara this week.
0: For sure. Yeah, and I mean, after that disappointing, disappointing start to the season, to come into Indian Wells, make the fourth round as a qualifier, and then from there, finally get into his group, reach police final, now get this title without dropping a set. That has to be huge for Tabilo's confidence going forward. Uh, as for Vera Pere, it was his fifth challenger final, second one already this season. I mean, who would have thought that we'd be in May talking about Benoit Paire reaching his second final of the year already after winning a, a title? I mean, that's that's wild to me. He had really fooled me. I, I, I thought he was done after we saw him just struggle for most of the th- three years. But here he is. Um, he was struggling in that first round against Giorgio Tabacco, who was one of my favorite names on the challenger tour. 3-6-6-4-7-6-15-13. In this third set tiebreaker, insane stuff. But pair from there beat Janesi in straight sets. Magier six three in the third, and Justino six three six two, up twelve spots to number one hundred forty eight. What did you make of Penard better pair this week?
1: yeah he is like hilariously random um the the fact that he plays against tobacco and it's like this huge mess it's actually pretty terrible in terms of the quality he saves five match points suddenly uh just just yeah playing some very smart tennis on them uh not going for too much and uh then of course just blasts through three very decent italians and then in the final he just drops the first set in 20 minutes. It's Benoit Paire. It's what I guess you either love or hate him, hate about him. Uh it's it all roller coaster. And that's that's how the season has been. But of course the peaks have been really high. So, um, yeah, that's that's something quite amazing. And I also did not expect that Uh, Paris seemed like one of the guys who if they drop to the challenger level, at least predominantly, then they will actually like, you know, retire on the spot, basically. And that's not what that's not what's happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, of course, by the time we got to see Joe Simon dropped onto the challengers, he, he was essentially physically cooked uh, but I would have expected Simon to to have these kind of results in the challenges over Pair for sure especially Pair who was I mean going back to 2020 13 and 22, 14 and 34 and 16 and 32 in the past three seasons I mean that's just abysmal abysmal records. Yeah I mean for a while and, he was I only
1: mean, keeping himself up with run. the frozen rankings and like right yeah, yeah I mean yeah
0: he, he was literally he was going week to week from place to place losing and losing and losing uh, it was it was like a, bizarre to to watch it with uh but yeah look at him go getting these challenger wins he also i mean the fact that he loses his final uh saves a bit of the controversy that happened with the with the fft wild card where basically they had uh the it, it's it's like a weird thing that they do they have like two different races and like a a person wins each race so so it was like at feels one one and then won the other one mm-hmm. however they announced it early and had a uh, pair won this title, he would have actually finished above Gaston in that, in that, that race that they had. Uh, there was like a 27 point difference and he only cut it by 10 this week. Uh, but yeah, there was not happy about that. I think he he like shared stuff on, on social media about it. Um, the fact that they announced this wildcard while he was still in play for it was a bit bizarre, but yeah. It's it's been up here. Everything that happens in the world of been up here is bizarre in some way or another. Let's move on to our semifinalists, starting with Lorenzo Giustino, uh, who beat Mikhail Kukushkin at 7-5-6-1, came back from a set against Kuzmanov, 1-6-7-6-6-2, took out Rafael cognon as well in the quarterfinals. 7-6-6-2 is first challenger semifinal since Prague last year in May, uh, so full... full uh, 12 months, I think, with an additional week since his
1: last semifinal. What did you make of Justino this week? Somehow he has made three challenger quarterfinals this year already, though? Like other than this?
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's been he's been like low-key around more more. Like, more at than the I at expected. the
1: beginning of the year, in the in the hard season. But recently he has taken some very bad losses. Um, especially yeah. mean that one to Ben Locke in Ex provence Qualies. Um, so yeah, watching Justino is also a journey these days. I think um, sometimes you're just gonna um, be uh, stuck with someone who like does not have anything in their game, and sometimes you have that great grinder with a pretty heavy topspin forehand that's really fun. Uh, this week was of course more of the latter. I was surprised with the week with the win over Colignon for sure. And uh kind of thought that maybe he could even trouble Per from there, but that did not happen. But as we as we said, Per is just sometimes the top one hundred players, sometimes out of the top five hundred. So you never really know, but uh but yeah, I I am I was definitely surprised with this round from Justino. Yeah,
0: our other semi was Nicolas David Yonel, who beat Nicolas Mejia. Eduardo Lavano both in straight sets then took out Tirantes six two three six six three. His third Challenger semi-final already since the start of April. Uh he's been on this sort of low-key, low-key tear. Uh and yeah, he is most likely going to break the top two hundred next week as a twenty year old. What did you make of your note this week? And this whole sort of two month uh, run that he's had.
1: Yeah, this one was less surprising because he clearly is like knocking on the doors. Of course, not a guy with the highest ceiling, but, you know, he makes all of them. He makes all of these challenger players just, yeah, play balls. I mean, he just uh he just forces them to um to beat them, uh, to beat him. And it's actually often quite tough Um if he didn't double fault on a set point. He also could have taken it to free with Tabilo. And yeah, it just looks like he will keep putting in these decent results and uh, you know potentially lose to like the first big play, the the first you know big quality player that he runs into. But that's not a bad thing in the world at all. And you know, in all of these um somewhat weaker challengers, he can definitely be a force and eventually, I think he will get that final. It's um, maybe a bit of a shame that he wasn't able to, yeah, just take that second set from six four up in the tiebreak, and the double fault on the set point was, of course, what killed him. But it it, it really isn't a, a flash in the pan. He has been putting in results like this over the past two or three months.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very impressive to see this sort of consistency from him almost come out of nowhere. Of course, it's, it's not every week. It's, it's almost every, every other week. Well, although, yeah, but like when he, he plays Misolic or Krutek,
1: right? Uh, in the first yeah. round, that, that's the, the, these are the players we kind of expect him to lose to. But then when he runs into, yeah, Lavagno, Tirante, Mejia in a row, you kind of know he is going to have a very good chance at beating them. You just have to have, um, a certain level of, um, yeah, a, ser- a certain level of control over your game to defeat Yonel. You have to have some patience as well. And uh, yeah, a lot of players at this level still don't really possess that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there aren't signature wins. I think the best wins are probably, you know, Tirante, Agamene, uh, Navone across these runs. Uh, but yeah, to be 20 years old and all of a sudden be able to sort of make semifinals consistently, that is huge for him. And I, I expect that he will get his first title before the year is out at the Challenger 50 Ooh. or or something. Uh, if 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 he get if he schedules uh, for that sort of opportunity, I think he could definitely take a take a Challenger 50 at this point. Yeah. Um. Where are we? Yeah. Uh. Anybody else you want to talk about from the singles? Yeah. Not really. In the doubles, it was Barrientos and Behar winning their first title together after reaching the Buenos Aires 250 final earlier this year, uh, losing to Bololi and Fonini, They beat Sander Arens and Pedro Tsitsipas, who have played three events together, semi, semi, and now their first final together. They've been knocking on the door, but not quite being able to get it done together. But I think it's just a matter of time for that pairing. They seem, they seem quite strong. Match of the week, upset of the week, where would you like to start?
1: Yeah, much of the week, uh, I think in the poll that I put out on Twitter, uh, there's a very tight vote right now between Menschik, um, Santian, and uh, Per and Tobacco. I that's, personally, that's the two
0: I have written that here. As well. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I think these are the, the strongest ones. I personally have to vote for Per versus Tobacco. It was pretty awful for the most part, but it was just so dramatic and so wild, so entertaining. Uh, 15-13 in the first set tiebreak Manchik Santillan was probably the better match and had a lot of drama itself too but yeah I just have to vote for Per versus Tobacco. it was it was an experience for sure
0: yeah per P- Tobacco is like I, I I would want to pick it I'm going to pick Manchik Santilan. but yeah, th- th- those were the, the two standouts uh, this week for sure Manchik Santillan I, I think was we'll just I don't know for for Akira Santlan to have two match points over, over Menschik, I I I think we'll sort of remember this match as a as a nice breakthrough, of course, led to his first title and everything. So uh should be a, a memorable one going forward. Who are you going with for upset of the week? Because I kind of struggled a bit with this one.
1: Yeah, it's with not overly clear. Results. I agree. Um from what I see, the the highest results for the bookies are like Lavagno over the young and Sveida over Corco. Neither maybe are extremely, um, upset-ish, I would say, but, uh, that the, you know, the, the score lines in them kind of make them out to be. So maybe I would just go for Lavagno over the young because, yeah, four games. And I remember mentioning the young as one of the potential contenders to, to go deep in this event. So, you know, maybe I, I kind of have to go for, uh, for the, for Lavagno over the young then. I, I guess that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to match you on that one. I, I also picked Lavagna over De Jong. Lavagna, of course, and, and I think that we see quite a lot on the Challenge Tour, mostly in qualies. He's, he's, he has been successful at qualifying. Uh, yeah, he, he's
1: of, playing uh, really well there. this this year, actually. Like, now. Yeah, Should exactly. Not really yeah. He's constantly making four, it four uh, to six six the... Yeah, he's constantly making it for qualifying and looking competitive in the main draw as well. But yeah, just uh just De Jong 6-4 six six was
0: uh, pretty wild. Yeah, I I, I did not expect it. I, I had not noticed this this uh Lavagna form uh, until now. But yeah, in in the qualifiers, okay. beat Bassi and Elivo, who has been on the struggle bus, and then you know coming in main draw beating Deon coming off of a challenger final, 11 four. I wasn't uh, yeah. expecting that for sure. All right, winners picks. Uh, hope I do this week. Uh, I, I I I need to get something this week. You're up by
1: three now. Or is it- I think it's four already. I think it's 15-11 or something like that right now. Jesus,
0: yeah. 15-11. Here we go. Let's start with Bordeaux, where the top seed is Jan-Lena Struf. Uh, he will face Matthias Borg or a qualifier. Then we have Corentin Tate, the eighth seed playing a qualifier. And then Benoit Pair or Dominic Thiem, which is the first round match <laughs> in Bordeaux. So exciting. Uh, we have Adrian Manolino here as well. Fourth seed with a bye there will face Albert Ramos Vignolas for a qualifier. Thomas Martin Echeverri plays the and then Artur Kazo or Artur Rinderknecht. Mikael Imer, the sixth seed, plays Hamad Mejedovic in with a special exempt. Winner faces Adolf Mayo or Luka Vanash. Richard Gaske, third seed, will face Ryan Peniston or Tanasiko Kokinakis in his opener. Final section, Andy Murray, second seed, uh, plays Stan Wawrinka or a qualifier. I mean, Murray Wawrinka in the second round of a challenger would be insane. That would be... I, I'm I'm so excited that happens. Also, we have Hugo Umber and Arthur Fields in the first round here, which is also an, an incredible matchup. Winner will face Elias Imer or a qualifier. We do not have the doubles draw right now, as we record, since it is a, a later start. For the event, but over in the qualifying, we have Benchetri playing uh vessels. We have Escoffier uh should qualify as Hugo Blanchet, Enclan plays Andreotti. Heads plays Jacquet. Not, nobody that we really expect to make, I think, a significant dent in this really, really stacked draw. We've sort of seen the the theme of these qualifyings for 175 seem yeah. quite weak. Uh, well, not, not in not in not Phoenix, great. right?
1: Uh, but in these uh, no, 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 European yeah. ones, in, yeah, in
0: Europe, yeah. I mean, they, I, I, I wonder what's the what's the factor, like like what makes it so much weaker than the Phoenix was, because every everybody showed up to Phoenix. I guess yeah. they had nowhere else to go, like at all. Maybe, maybe that's why, uh, if they wanted to stay in the U.S. there, but uh, yeah, it's I I expected more from the more from the quality here, but yeah, main draw. Who do you think will lift the title in Bordeaux?
1: Yeah, it's like a serious um conversation actually at this point whether these two Challenger 175s with 28 player uh, 28 player draws are even a a good idea uh because yeah the the qualifying in uh, Bordeaux and especially in um Turin is wild and we're going to get to the main draw in Turin and that's already like insanely weak compared to Bordeaux as well. Uh anyway in Bordeaux you would think... like
0: to see for these mm-hmm. 175s. Yeah. 48 player draws because but, I think one of, them. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, one of them of course not 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 two yeah. of them but yeah like sort of have have one sixteen 16 seats that that they get a buy to sort of incentivize hiring players to to get in there and now have to have like a fast turnaround if they lost second round or in a normal week third round if it's if it's already played through uh yeah. and I think that that solves some of these issues because these 28 player draws I'm I'm not into it I don't know like, like they, they are strong draws but they have two of them and then have this weird qualifying behind it it's a it's a bit of a bit of a weird choice but yeah, of course I mean they're uh-huh. experimenting with this stuff and I'm glad that they're doing it in the first place so
1: yeah and especially this week there's just such a huge contrast in terms of the strength of the field between Bordeaux and Turin um that it kind of makes Turin like you know somewhat laughable with with the fact that it's still a 175 and and yet Very in brilliant. Bordeaux, we have, um, how many? 14 top 100 players, I think. And then in, in Turin, it's free. And of course, the qualifying then is even weaker. I don't know why the qualifyings are so weak. I don't really get it. Like, I understand the chance that you're going to do well at this sort of an event is not really great for most players who are like, you know, regular challengers, challenger guys. But then again, I would still think that there would be enough guys who, yeah, are just willing to go there and you know play through the qualifying, which clearly is pretty weak, and then you know see what's going to happen. Like it could be a nice opportunity for them to to play someone uh, that they usually don't face. But you know for some reason they haven't really been doing that. Yeah, and uh, these, I mean, just, just because, uh-huh. because a
0: guy is, is like highly ranked in in these in these events, it doesn't mean that they're not vulnerable. Like if, if you look at somebody like Karim Yeah. Who has not been fully fit yet? That that would be a great first round for whichever qualifier comes out of there.
1: Generally, why are you playing a challenger 175 a top 100 player? Because you lost early in Madrid and Rome. Uh, so that exactly. or or Indian was. So that might mean that you're somewhat vulnerable. Uh, you know, you're not gonna pl- get players who are insanely in form of the main tour this year. The, yeah. the, here, here, right? I mean, you're you're mostly gonna get players who lost early there. So. To an extent, at least they are a bit fragile. Anyway, in terms of picking um the, the winners, I think these events are going to be among the toughest. I don't think I'm, I want to pick Andy Murray. <laughs> Arthur feels kind of sounds like a possibility <laughs> to me. I don't hate the draw of Umber, even though he's improved a lot on clay. But, you know, is feels also that great on clay? Not necessarily... Medvedevich playing Ymer, and no, I'm not going for him back to back, but you know he could have a chance. That that section of the draw is also not that strong. Gasquet probably not. Manarino, of course, is not really great on clay. Um, I picked Echeverri in Aix-en-Provence, which did not pan out. But when I when I when I do see this draw at the moment, I kind of want to repeat this. Uh, Struf, of course, fantastic run in Madrid. Um, just we're going to have to see if he can repeat this at some you know conditions that are not as well he, I guess he already showed it in Monte Carlo but I I guess what I'm saying is that I don't expect this sort of consistency from him it's still very much going to be the best year of his career probably like it is already but um, I'm not sure if I expect this sort of, you know, consistency where I can pick him for a title every single week or something. You know, he lost to Richard in Munich, for example, right? Between Monte yeah. Carlo and uh, Madrid. Even though for most of the year, Jan lennar has actually been insanely consistent. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I was kind of just thinking of Fields and Echeverry, I suppose. I, I talked myself into picking Echeverry. Uh, would uh, be a bit scared of Kazor Lindernecht. But uh, then again, the quarter, other than this, is pretty weak. Like It's not weak, of course, these are big names, but this Mm. is kind of what we mentioned, right? That most of these players are struggling in some way and that's why they are here. Either they don't like clay and they just need something to play um, before Rangaros, or yeah, they, they just lost early and they need some much practice. So um, yeah, I guess that that kind of makes sense, that these are big names, but they not, won't necessarily maybe deliver the, the highest quality of tennis, at least in most in most cases. And by the way, uh, one thing that I just have to mention, all the challengers this week are finishing on Saturday, I suppose, uh, in order to give the players more time to go to Paris for Rangaros qualities. I guess that's the that's the idea
0: all right good to know uh this, but yeah it is a good pick uh, i i think the fact that he plays ivashka who has been an absolute struggle boss uh especially on clay is is a great sign for him it's it's you know it's, it's nice first round which is as much as you can really ask for in this draw because usually second round or by the quarters you will have somebody that you don't feel that confident uh in the in your player beating um like in this case, Echeverri against Kazo, and I it's, it will be a tough matchup, but it's it's a good pick. I will not be matching you on it, of course. I will be going with Jano Um Has has a buy already into the second round. Second round Borg or qualifier qualifying is not that strong. Then Mute is a weak seed. Then you have team or pair, and I think from what team showed last week, what pair has shown his like inconsistency wise. I think Strufov is is set up well to to go deep here once again.
1: Yeah, Strufov at a very semi looks very possible. Maybe we get that good, uh, good battle between sure. our peaks again.
0: Let's go over to Turin, which is, as you said, a much weaker event. Almost the entire field are are alternates. I yeah. not, I don't think I've seen this before, but like almost every single player, including some seeds.
1: It's only really possible in in these events, right? When um, so many players pull out because they they actually have to stay in Rome or they just went deep enough in Rome that they don't feel like they can play this. And yeah, Uh, we've seen Phoenix with like, I don't know, eight alternates a couple of years ago or something like that. But this is definitely unprecedented.
0: Yeah, so let's start with Silvester Baez as as top seed. He has a bye and will then play Riccardo Bonadio or Gabriele Piraino. Also in a section, Taro Daniel plays Kais Brauer, winner facing Thiago Seboswild or Francesco Passaro. Juan Manuel is the fourth seed. He will play Tomas Machac or Andra Cuiarini. Oscar Ote is here, the eighth seed, playing a qualifier, and then Camilo Gucarbe or Nerman Fatic. Yosuke Batanuki is the sixth seed, playing a qualifier, and then Eduardo Lavagno or Luciano Darderi. Lavagno earning himself a wild card this week. Also in the section, the third seed has a bye. will then play Dominic Kepfer or Giulio Cepieri. Final section, Daniel Elahi Galan is the second seed. He will play Otto Vitanen or a qualifier. Alexander Kovacevic plays a qualifier. And then Flavio Caboli or another qualifier. No doubles here as well so far. Uh, Well, there there will be doubles. Don't have the draw yet. In the qualifying, we have Magier facing over Napolitano, Caruso... Gao, a lot of, I mean this 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 qualifying is really really bad. I mean there's there's buys there's there's double buys where you have an alternate that's not been assigned playing a buy. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, that's th- th- this this is kind of embarrassing uh, this qualifying event. But yeah, going back to the singles, who do you think will win the whole thing in Turin?
1: Yeah, uh, essentially for for Bordeaux, uh, the lowest ranked alternate was uh, for Bordeaux qualifying. I mean, was Guillermo Duran, and uh, like that was just one spot that was maybe not not doesn't necessarily like make sense in a in in a challenger qualifying. You know, uh, Jürgen Briant was also an alternate with a ranking of 436, but that actually happens. But in Turin, yeah, we've had buys. Uh, We've had uh, Andrey Golubiev playing qualifying, which was quite insane. And And, um, uh, yeah, Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, the guy is not really playing singles anymore. So yeah, just an insane amount of withdrawals. I think if I counted this right, there are 15 uh, alternates in the the main draw here. Uh, So uh, basically most of, yeah, more than half of the draw is comprised of alternates. Uh, even, uh, some of the seeds are alternates. Taro Daniel, Joseke I mean, Vatanuki, Alexander Kovacevic, 15 Yeah. 15 out
0: of, 15 out of 22, basically. If, if you count out the buys and the qualifiers. Oh, yeah. And spots. the qualifiers. You're right. Yeah.
1: So 15 out of 20, so, 20, yeah,
0: 22. 15 out of 22 are alternates in this draw. That's, Absolutely that's
1: insane. insane. And, uh, in terms of who I want to pick here. I've got absolutely no clue. All well, cards as well. If you take them
0: out, that, like basically mm-hmm. everybody but the top four seeds are alternates, right? Yeah. Oscarotta and, and as then you well. have cards and qualifiers.
1: Oscarotta, so like five, Oscarote. five seeds, yeah. yeah. Um, who I want to pick here? I've got absolutely no clue. Probably gonna stick around with the big boys, so like Bias, Serundolo, um, Galan, Varias. Out of them all, Varias can play Zapieri or Kepfer in the second round. That's rough. Galan seems to have a pretty decent draw. Uh, you know, given the fact that Victanen is not great on clay and the qualifier is likely to be weak. Serundolo playing Maha or Carini in the second round. Mm-hmm. Also pretty decent. Uh, yeah, Baez has some tough players in his section. Like in the quarters, he can play Sabe of Passaro, Daniel. Bonadio in the second round, can that be tricky? Maybe. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to go with Daniel lachiu Lost in Rome qualifying to Kopriva, but um, he was pretty good in uh, Cagliari after all. So uh, I think he's one of the strongest picks here.
0: Galán is a good pick. Um, who do I want? You know what? I'm just going to go top seed, Chalk. I'm going to go Bias. Uh, uh, has it by Bonadio or Piraino? Seybosh could be tricky, Taro Daniel could be tricky in that section. But I think Baez has a lot, has a better chance of coming through those than Serundo. does through his section. And then Tata Nuki, Varias, Zepieri, Kepfer. Like, all, all, all of those guys in that third quarter I don't want to pick out of Galani have obviously picked and I don't want to pick against them in that section. So it's a bias Baez for me. Let's move on to Tunis. Where we have the top seed, Borna Goyo playing a qualifier, uh, winner facing Rionoguchi or another qualifier. Mattia Bellucci plays Nicolas David-Dionel with Laurent Locoli facing the fresh champion Jakub Menchik. Maximilian Matera plays Alejandro Tabilo in a big first round match, winner facing Yoris De Lure or a qualifier. Joao Souza plays Jeffrey Blancano and then Kime Copeans or Francesco Maestrelli. Diego yeah, Agustin Tirante plays a qualifier and then Malik Jaziri or Aziz Dugas, the two wild cards facing off. Tomas Barrios Vera plays Matteo Gigante and then Olivier or a qualifier. Final section, Liam Brody is playing Nicolas Kiker, but with the winner facing Pablo Cuevas or a qualifier. Cuevas, I don't think we've seen in absolutely ages.
1: Yeah, first match uh, since Amir like Timo, what? what June, July? Something like that last year. Yeah, wow. Ludenscheid Hopefully, was it? Yeah, oh, we'll, something like we'll that. see what the level is. Hamburg, maybe. I, yeah, I thought we, we might July. not see him at all anymore.
0: But yeah, Jumuhur plays Aziz Uwaka, uh with the winner facing Denis Novak or Gilles Arnaud uh who's also in here this week. In the qualifying, we have Jesper De Jong. He's a big name in there. Chitra Mochizuki, James McCabe, Rincon, Hokus. I mean, Ab- Abdullah Shelbach is here. So much stronger in the qualifying. And I think for most of the the main draw as well, if you take out like the first, I don't know how many seeds uh, compared to Turin, but who do you think will win in Tunis?
1: Yeah, not easy. Goya, of course, fighting for that top 100 uh, debut. Looks very much possible. Um, Manchik, Jonel, porters that's kind of tough. Maybe if he gets De Jong, he could lose. I'm not going to pick him though oh. I'm probably going to go with the other one of the high seats who seems really strong. And that's Thomas Barisvera. Um, very consistent results over the past couple of weeks. Looks like he could also do it in these European challengers. I like the draw, you know, other than maybe like Gigante could be his toughest opponent until the semis. It kind of looks like. So, um, yeah, I, I am pretty confident that he has a very good chance to reach the semis. Um, the bottom half or, or sort of the bottom quarter also doesn't look that, all that strong. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be Parius Vera. And um, he's proven in the past couple of weeks that, well, in, I guess he just played in Prague, right? But he was he was really good there, I think, uh, even uh, even though he had some issues closing out uh, Kopriva and then lost to Ofner. I think he was pretty good there. Oh, yeah, and he also played a uh, Rome qualifying, of course, where he lost somewhat easily to Serundolo, but... Um, I think that was just a matter of the opponent being quite strong, so yeah, I'm gonna pick Thomas Barrios Vera to win this one.
0: I imagine on you know, that one it is an easy okay. section uh compared to if, if, everywhere else like if, yeah. everywhere else is it's like much bigger traps and it's within Barrios Vera to the semis here and then once you're in the semis, anything can happen going over to orrea number 4, I believe. Uh, we have Pedro Kacin in the top seed, playing a qualifier and then Ugo Delian or Ivan Gachov. Rinki Hidzikata plays Steve Johnson and then Nikolas Moreno de Alboran or Federico del Bonis. Radu Albot plays Adrian Andreev and then Hoinski or a qualifier. Diaz Acosta plays Emilio Nava and then Pedro Souza or another qualifier. Bukic is here playing Federico Ferreira Silva and then Gerard capania lee or a qualifier. It's a nice chance for him to, to bank some points here if he beats Federer Silva, Emilio Gomez plays a qualifier, and then Alexander Richard or Martin Landaluce. Pacunto Bagnis plays Oleksii Krutich, and then Meligeni Alves or Raul Brancaccio. Hugo, Hugo Gaston plays Pedro Martinez in the first round, and then Dominguez or a qualifier. Once again, no doubles draw out yet, which is interesting. In the qualifying, we have uh, Fancelo who we mentioned earlier, beating Marocanhas. He will face Ribeiro. Janessi plays Michalski for a spot in the main draw. Uh, we also have Hassan playing Valkus. Valkus would be an interesting factor in there. Zhuk plays Zednerosic. Ginard is also in this qualifying, once again, like quite strong across the board compared yeah. to a 75 to 175. Were
1: you picking for the title? Um Yeah, it's, it's really insane how strong these events are. And that's why I think more players should have gone to Aedas or I mean, should have gone to Turin or Bordeaux just no, to no. play qualifying because you get like seven points for even playing for even winning the qualifying. Right. And then just the amount of points that you can earn with some one big win is, is huge for a win. Yeah. So what big. the hell, I mean. Why not try, right? I mean, it's not like these events are every every other week, but well, right now they are every other week, but then you're not gonna get another one until Phoenix. <laughs> um yeah, I'm so excited about the qualifying here as well today. Like Ribeiro uh, playing in Europe, getting a good win over Hart. Uh, of course Michalski and Żuk here, Valkus as you as you said, Zhuk played Serdarusi just a couple of weeks ago and, and won. So maybe he can qualify again. Um, yeah, when it comes to picking here, Kachin has been catching up. Some <laughs> I actually didn't even mean to do that, uh, but but I, I wanted to say that Kachin is uh, catching some form, uh, but um, that's that wasn't even intended. Uh, but yeah, he could. He is a very solid pick here. I think, of course, Deli in round two, Gakov round two. That's not that's not great. Um, that could be troubling. Diaz Acosta, I think last time we saw him, uh, did, was that when he won that Sarasota or, um, sorry, Savannah event, right? Uh, I always oh, mix yeah, up yeah. the, the challengers at the same, um, geographical region, as you know. So, so he could be an, a possibility here as well. Pedro Souza playing his last event, this time his last event. Uh, maybe he can pull off another good run. Yeah. Vukic, I don't think I want to pick Martinez Gaston. That's really rough. So I guess I kind of have to go for the top half, because in the bottom, there's just... Um, I think most of the contenders are a little weaker. Now, just the question for me is, is, is do I want to pick Diaz Acosta or Kachin? Kachin will be boring, right? And I have this lead. So yeah, let's go Diaz Acosta.
0: All right. I am going with uh, Matevalkus out of qualifying. Don't really love... Yeah, Kachin plays, plays Delian uh, in the second round, potentially albert i don't trust uh he costa maybe but like as you said pedro Sousa is playing his last event we we could see him i mean he's going to give it absolutely everything yeah. he has left in the thing i'm afraid of enough. this i'm afraid of this uh yeah. to beat him there yeah third section don't love anybody in there fourth section gaston is in like middling form i don't know about it so yeah mate was for me hero call out of out of qualifying And that's good.
1: I mean, that's uh, that's a very (laughs) interesting strategy to try to gain try to gain points. Um, Maybe maybe I I I picked two top seeds with buys, so I feel like Uh, I need to compensate a little bit. Okay, yeah, Um, that that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, thanks guys for listening this week, uh, especially if you stayed until the end. And we're gonna be back to talk about Bordeaux, Turin. and Tunis. Turin and Tunis kind of lost me there because it was like the same basically. And we also uh, will probably talk about Rangaros qualifying next time. So um, make sure to tune in for that as well. And um, even though the finals will be on Saturday, the, the episode I think will come out on Monday as usual. I don't know, that's probably when we'll get the Rangaros qualifying draw on Sunday, I mean. So yeah, thanks again.